My name is Ellen R., and I'm a compulsive overeater, compulsive eater, uh, binge eater, volume eater, food addict, um, and other such things. Um, really grateful to be on the call, to have the opportunity to do service. Um, I always say yes when I'm asked to do service unless there's a conflict that I either can't get out of or that would be a breach of, you know, responsibility or something like that. Um, I um, I will talk about what it was like, what happened, what's it like now. Um, not going to dwell on my childhood. I don't think that's um, important other than to say that um, – I grew up in a family and in a home where food was front and center. It was the most important thing at every occasion, holidays, family gatherings. Um, and there was uh, there were many compulsive overdures and addicts in my family, many, 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 um, you know, 250 pounds, 300, teetering on 400. My Grandmother, my mother's mother said, um, and she wasn't being like funny at all. She said that um, if you're not 200 pounds, you don't have a weight problem. And um, they didn't cause me to be an addict or a compulsive overeater, but it was a very fertile ground um, in which uh, compulsive overeating and other addictions uh, could flourish. Um, I've been a compulsive overeater as long as I can remember. Um, I am both an out-of-the-closet and a sneak eater. I've done lots of both. Um, I love things like buffets and smorgasbords and parties um, because you could eat a lot and people wouldn't always know it because, you know, you could go from room to room or table to table. You could go up for seconds. You could put a lot on your plate, not eat all of it. So it would look like, oh, I didn't eat all that. But then I would just go back and put more stuff on it in addition to the stuff that was in there. I would go to fast food chains and, you know, go up to the cashier and say, okay, um, I'll have this for Jim and this for Sally and this for Fred and this for me. When it was all for me, I would eat some of it in the parking lot before I left, some on the way home, some when I got home, some I would stash away for later, like a squirrel with nuts or something. Um, I... I was always a volume eater. I mean, I I could eat tremendous amounts of food, and I like to. I did not have a weight problem. I didn't have a weight problem at all as a kid um, because I was really active. I was very athletic, and um, I was always playing uh, stoop ball or box ball or kickball or riding my bicycle or walking or riding on a scooter, and I'm old enough that um, a scooter was something different <laughs> than it is today. A scooter, I've got them, I don't think they make them anymore. They're wooden and they're square and they have like wheels under them and you literally would use your feet to scoot around. Um, and then um, when I got into junior high, I, I played volleyball, um, I played field hockey, I was a tomboy, all that stuff. Um, so I never had a weight problem. I was thin. Grew up in a house where everybody was overweight and often obese, actually. Um, there was also a thing in my family, in my home, about good food. So um, good food was the kind of stuff that, you know, you could get maybe at a deli or at a fast food place or that Girl Scouts sold or that um, the Good Humor Man sold. And we didn't have good food in my house because my mother was always on a diet. Um, she was a compulsive overeater. She was obese my whole childhood and a good part of my adolescence. 
she tried everything. I mean, uh, did she try shots? I don't know. I mean, she tried diet pills, amphetamines. She tried Stillman and Atkins and Weight Watchers and Tops and, um, uh, you know, other things probably. And um, so we could get, I don't want to mention specific foods, um, but when the Good Humor Man came, we could get, I guess I could say ices. I don't think that'll trigger anyone, but not anything else. So for me, going to friends' houses after school and on the weekend, that was a big thing because they had the good Girl Scout stuff and the good humor stuff, and they had, um, you know, hostess things and all kinds of things, and I was able to do that. Or going out to dinner, family dinner, that was great because then I could order whatever I wanted, and, you know, and not get hassled about it. Um, and um, I remember, I can't believe I still remember this. God, I was, I was in elementary school, and there was this guy, I remember him to this day, Walter Burke, and um, his mother would pack his lunch in a black lunchbox, like, oh, I can't explain it, like that, you know, um, construction guys would have, you know, like when they were on the steel girders, whatever these things are. And um, he had whatever he had, but he always had or usually had a particular dessert um, by a company uh, that I won't mention, and I was just floored. I was like, oh, my God, how do you get to eat that? How do you get your mother to put that in your lunchbox? You know, I was just jealous and mesmerized and um, and, and all that stuff. Um, so when I was a junior in high school, I started to gain weight. I know why. It's too long to go into, and it's really not relevant um, for this call. Um and I put on probably 40 pounds, which at the time I thought was like the height of obesity. And, you know, when I got really obese, I was like, oh, what I wouldn't give to, you know, have 40 pounds to lose. But it was still, it was 40 pounds, you know. And um, I took it off my senior year. So when I went away to college, I was thin again. And um, I was thin my whole first semester. I don't know how, really. I, I was a very controlled eater. I would eat, um, I would go to this uh I don't know, this takeout place on campus, and um, I would get a hoagie and two beers every night, and that's what I would have. And I guess I watched. I don't know. I mean, maybe I had good breakfast or something, or I don't know. But um, I never, I've never been anorexic or bulimic. I, I don't get it. That isn't my thing, so I didn't do that. I wasn't an exercise bulimic either. Um, and I first came into OA, I think I was still in high school. I think I was 16, 17, 18. My mother had, had since come into OA, had lost the weight, and recommended to me. She said, you'd really like it. It's very spiritual. You write about your feelings. Blah, blah, blah. And so I was in and out of OA for literally decades. And um, as time went on, that was the other thing. Um, back in the day, if you were obese, um, or even maybe fat, I don't know. I don't know where, where the cutoff was. But the only place that women could shop was Lane Bryant, either in person, if you live near one, which we kind of did, or you could do use the mail order catalog. That was it. You know, I say only half jokingly, oh, these fat girls today, they don't know how lucky they are to be able to order from Land's End online, you know. But um, my mantra growing up, um, I, I should have had to put on a T-shirt or something, is I will never shop at Lane Bryant like my mother. And, of course, I did. And I remember the first day I went to Lane Bryant, um, 
I might have been living in Brooklyn at the time already. I don't know. But it was just, it was such a low. It was such a, a you know, uh, um, but I couldn't find clothes to wear. And um, I, my top weight recorded was 292 pounds. But I don't know what my top weight was because like so many of us, I stopped weighing myself. Um, I was teetering around 300, I would say. Um, and I, I suffered the indignities and the pain that only obese women suffer. Um, well, no, obese men, some of them, some of them, I guess, because mm, let's just say obese people and make it, keep it simple. Um, people looking at me, tearing clothes, staining clothes, not being able to go on a ride at the amusement park because I couldn't fit or going on a ride and having the bar cut so deep into my skin that I thought I was going to bleed, which I didn't. Um, not being able to sit in certain seats on the bus or the subway or commuter rail trains or fitting in but spilling on into a next another seat and having people give me dirty looks or always searching for a good seat, which was the end seat. So the end seat, because it had a sort of spillover built into it, um, I started suffering physically, not surprisingly. Um, I had diabetes. I, I self-diagnosed myself in 1998 on the Internet, and then I went to a doctor and it was confirmed. Um, years later, I developed chronic kidney disease. I started to have mobility issues. Um, my knees were uh, just really, really difficult, and um, I would sometimes take a bus or two buses someplace that if I took a subway or two subways would have gotten me there in half the time, but I couldn't do it because maybe one of the subway stations didn't have an elevated platform. Um, I, every place I ever lived or ever worked, I knew all of the delis within a few miles of where I lived or worked. I knew the ones that were open on Sunday. I knew the ones that were open late. I knew the ones that in a certain item, if it was homemade or if it was brought in, because I didn't want brought in. Um, I knew if that same item had scallions in it a lot because I'm a very picky, picky compulsive overeater. Um, I knew the restaurants and the portions and the menus um, and usually the staff. I mean, I knew if they had kids, I knew what sign they were, I'm into astrology. Um, I knew if they were part-time or full-time. And um, one time when I moved to Brooklyn from Long Island, um, there was a deli like literally on the corner of my block. And I used to go there almost every night and I would order the same thing. And the same guy always waited on me. He was either the manager or the owner. And I asked him one night, I said, if I ordered the usual, would you know what that was? And he said, yes. And every night I went in and I ordered the usual. Um, emotionally, mentally, it's hard to say um, what food did and didn't do. Certainly eating tons of, of junk food, sugar, and, um, you know, that kind of food, it, it made it was made me sluggish, very sluggish. Um, but I'm also a very high-energy person. I say only half-jokingly, me, sluggish and low energy is higher energy than many people are when they're high energy. Um, it prevented me from doing so many things that I love to do. Um, it Sometimes I couldn't get up. Like I would have to like literally sort of propel myself out of a chair by grabbing onto something. Um, I 
spiritually, it's an interesting thing because I don't like to talk about other 12-step programs because I really believe in, like, separation of church and state. But um, I'm, I'm an AA. I'm sober a very long time. And um, I so I, I definitely had a connection with a higher power. You know, I mean, I had something, and I had definitely some spirituality. Um, but for me, being in the food, I've been saying lately, it's like having spiritual clogged arteries and the higher power, whatever that is. I don't know what it is. I'm an agnostic, but it's something. Uh, And I heard a guy in AA say many years ago that the most important religious experience he ever had was the morning he woke up and realized that he wasn't God. And um, over the years, it's gotten more refined and more refined. Um, I call it my spiritual tripod which is my own inner wisdom, the wisdom of some other people and some force, some, something outside of me or someone, I don't know. I call it the benevolent forces, powers, and flow in the universe, both within and outside of me. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I was in and out of a way. I gained and lost weight. Um, my health deteriorated. And um, I've had some long stretches of abstinence. I've had two years I've had other stretches, and I think that part of, for me, this is me, my story, my recovery, um, part of it is that I I need to have a very structured food plan and very structured abstinence. If I deviate, if I I have a little more, I try this, I eat my snack a little early, whatever it is, for me, it always leads to binging. It always, I need a very tight rein. However, I also need a very loving, gentle rein. So it's it's sort of a paradox in certain ways, and I get that. Um, and I, I only eat food I like. I'll talk about that, actually. Um, I eat four times a day. I used to eat five times a day because I have diabetes, and I had a, a very scary, I literally almost died um, three and a half years ago, uh, sudden low blood sugar, which I had never had. And I know some people on this call will know about diabetes. My blood sugar was 36. It was 36. They couldn't get my blood pressure. They couldn't find a pulse. Um, and I lived. Um, as someone said to me years ago, God isn't ready for you yet. <laughs> I don't think if there's a God that he, she, it, they, us, whatever is. Um, so the doctor told me I should add a small protein snack at bedtime. And I did that for quite a while. But I, I don't do it anymore because I don't have to. So I eat four times a day, about every three to four hours. <laughs> Um, thank Five you. Minutes. I hear you. Thank you. Um, I put my food in it. It's like a combination. I do some of the starch solution and some from uh, Neil Barnard, who's a, a vegan physician. Some is my own. Um, some, of course, is for diabetes and chronic kidney disease. Um, I'm off all medication. My health is amazing. I'm at my goal weight. Um, my blood work is just phenomenal. Um, I have seen my kidney doctor again maybe in October, and my uh, primary, um, I'm seeing her maybe in September, I don't know. But um, it's um, my body, if I take care of myself, responds. So um, I eat uh, two starches and two vegetables. No, that's not true. That's not true. I eat proportions starch to vegetables at every meal. So if I have one starch, I have one vegetable, one and a half, one and a half, two and two, never more than two. Um I have to limit my protein and potassium because of the kidney stuff. 
um, because it is very well managed and it's because I'm really, really vigilant. Um, I mean, I, I could tell you the grams of protein and potassium and sodium in many, many, many foods. Um, so I eat four times a day. I only eat foods I like unless, like I won't eat a food I dislike. I'll eat neutral foods um, if there's some good reason to. If I go to a restaurant, I, I go first on the website. I have a first choice, a second choice, and then I bring a bad lunch with me because you never know. One time I went to a restaurant, turns out they were closed, and it was like I had to, like, run back to the hotel, so I always have um, a backup. The gifts of abstinence are countless, countless, countless. Um, you know, one of the amazing gifts of late is that I feel like I've gotten back in touch with my inner athlete, <laughs> with my athlete of my youth, um, which in all the years, I've gone to the gym a lot and walk a lot, and I love that. I'm abstinent nine months, a little over nine months, um, and that's been great, but I haven't done sports, and um, on a lark, I signed up for this um, local class um for tennis, for people who either have never played or haven't played since high school, and it's a three-session thing. So um, I'm done with that, and um, I forgot, like, how athletic I am, and, um, and I'm not young. I'm almost 64. I'm running all over the friggin' court, you know, keeping up with these 30-year-olds, and I loved it. So um, I'm taking the second level, which is, this one was try tennis, the next one is play tennis. There's four classes, and it starts in September, and I practice at home, and I'm, you know, a little maniacal, as you can tell. Um, and um, I'm swimming a little bit. Again, I'm resistant. I don't know why. The other gifts um, are being able to go into any store and buy clothes. Thank you. I hear you. Thank you. And um, of having a an amazing relationship with I don't know who or what, but um, I do step 11 all the time, all the time. And um, I'm also not a slave to food. I'm not a slave to food. I plan it. Um, now I have an accountability person I've had for a very long time, um, but I only would let her know if I changed my food. And then recently I instituted this. I email my food to her every night for the following day. And it's just amazing. It's so liberating. Um, and I still text her. I email her the food, but I text her if I change it. I do a ton of service. I go to lots of OA meetings. And like I said, I'm in other programs, so I go to other meetings as well. Um, I pray and meditate every day. I mostly weigh and measure, but not 100%. I mean, certain things like, you know, an apple. One doesn't have to weigh and measure an apple. It's an apple. Um, if, if a portion in a bag comes and they say it's one, you know, there's six bars and it's a bar, I eat that amount or less. Sometimes I have to eat less because of the sugar or sodium or something like that. Um, and I've been cooking. I never cooked, ever. There were like three things I cooked ever in my whole life. That was it. And I've been cooking, I don't know, for a long time now. Um, I went vegan. I have a million dishes I make. My partner, who is not vegan, like begs me, like, when are you making X? I share it with neighbors. I have people over. I love it because I get to give myself this delicious, nurturing, amazing food. I discover new restaurants. Um, you know, we had a dog uh, nine and a half years. We had to put down, sadly, in February. But when I was in the food and obese, I would be afraid that I was going to fall when I was walking him. And we adopted another guy uh, five weeks ago who I'm completely in love with. And I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that, you know. Um, and um, we go on walks and we play. And um, 
I think that's a wrap. I will give my phone number um, now because, you know, people can have it. I'll say it twice. I know I'm a fast talker. It's 203-470-4826. Again, 203-470-4826, Eastern, text only, unless you don't have a smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, you can call, but only up until 9 p.m. Thank you for letting me share. And um, a topic, I would say, the gifts of abstinence, the gifts of recovery, and I will mute. <laughs>